0: So one of my jobs as your pastor uh, is, is to really just kind of lead you through different seasons of life. And we're coming out of this summer season where we've been talking about all kinds of different topics. And, and we've, we've been serving, we've done serve day, we've just had all, a lot of different focuses going on. And now we're just going to recenter and we're going to refocus on a topic of prayer for the next few weeks. And, and really, um, I'm doing this really to help us just build culture. You know, we're only six months old as a church, but when you look around, and the first service was about this full, and see what God is doing, we don't look like a six-month-old church. You know what I'm talking about? God has done some awesome things here, hasn't He? It's been, it's been incredible. So, but I, I just felt uh, several weeks back like the Lord was leading us to this prayer series, and I really feel like it's intentional, that we do it with 21 days of prayer to help us grow. Everybody needs to grow, right? We all need a little bit of growth. None of us have arrived. So we're here to, we're here to just grow. And I want you to understand, I need you to understand that, that prayer really is the backbone and the boiler room for City Hope Church. It really is. And even more than that, it ought to be the backbone and boiler room for, for your life and my life too. Amen? All right, so... So I'm going to just kick off with our theme verse. It's found in Ephesians chapter six, and it says this, to pray in the spirit in every situation. Now, I don't know if this is talking about like when you go to Walmart and you're trying to decide whether you need to get the name brand or off brand. I don't know if it means any, any of that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, do I get Sprite or do I get, or do I get Sierra Mist or do I get Dr. Pepper or Dr. Thunder? I don't know. Like, it's not that. Every situation, I pro- I, pro- probably the Lord would speak to you there, I don't know. But use, use every kind of prayer and request that there is. So that suggests to me that there must be more ways than one to pray. Are you with me? There must be There must be more than one way to pray. Every kind of prayer and request. So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to study... Some, some different kinds of prayer and patterns throughout the scripture. Now, some people think that prayer is only reserved for church. That's what you do at church or maybe in your quiet time at your house. But can I tell you something? You can pray anytime, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere. You can pray. And, and you, you can pray in your... In the shower, you can pray in your bed. You can pray on the plane, because every time I get on a plane, I'm praying over that thing. Like, Jesus, Jesus, let me get back home safely, right? You can can pray in your car. You can pray for the Cowboys during their game. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm talking? Just pray. You pray for your team. You pray for them. And in a room this size, there's probably a lot of different experiences with prayer. Quick poll. How many of you were raised in church? Let me see your hands. Okay, a lot of us raised in church. How many of you raised Baptist? Okay, you know, they say that there's more Baptist than there are people on the earth. There's just all kinds of Baptists. That's my joke, right? Um, there's a lot, I was raised, uh, How any Pentecostals raised, you raised Pentecostal? I was raised Pentecostal. Man, it was Pentecost at any cost up in my church. It was, man, it was, man, it was, it was good. I, I, I appreciate my heritage, but, but, we when somebody prayed in my church, everybody prayed. You know what I'm talking. Somebody would start praying, "Glory to God, Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you for that." They would just be responding the whole time while that other person's praying. Everybody prayed. It was like a constant concert of prayer. Everybody prayed. Well, and I love that. So then, then when I got to high school, I uh, got hooked up with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And one of the guys who serves in our FCA here in the district, he was here in the early service this morning. His name's Mike. And in fact, uh, you need to know that every dollar you give here goes to help support the FCA of Wichita Falls. It's, it's making a difference in our community. So, so I was in the FCA. Now, remember, I was, I was brought up Pentecostal, and a lot of my friends were brought up Baptist. And so they introduced me to the prayer circle, and a prayer circle is when you get in this circle, and everybody holds hands, and then you, the first person starts the prayer, and when they're done, they squeeze the person next to them for them to... T- it's their turn now. It's your turn to pray. Well, I'd never, I'd never seen that in my life. I mean, we were just used to getting after, you know what I mean? Like, just everybody prays, and we didn't really hold hands that much, and so, uh, so I remember being in that circle one time, and if you didn't want to pray, well, you just, you just passed it on through, Right? They squeeze your hand and you squeeze the next person's hand. I'm not praying. Well, that happened to me one time. This guy was next to me. and he, it, It's like he, as soon as they were done praying, he's like, bam, I'm not it. I am not praying. I am not doing it. And you did not want to be on the end of the circle because you ran out of prayer material. You know what I mean? Like you didn't know, what, what do I pray? Everybody else has already prayed. What am I supposed to pray? Like I'm praying for cats and dogs and what? I, I, what am I doing here? So... That was that was one of my experiences with prayer growing up. Another another time, um, I, I was asked to go to a youth rally at a Baptist church and to pray um, before the speaker got up. The speaker's name was Tony Nolan, and he was you know, a hot shot back in my day in high school. He'd just big evangelists go around communities, and so he he came through our community and he had asked me at school, "Hey, will you open up in prayer for me?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it." Now, so we're in a Baptist church, and I was raised Pentecostal. Um, I, I grabbed the mic and i 'm like right off the bat, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before like lit it up man i I lit it up and and i didn 't know I was supposed to ask them to bow their heads and close their eyes, and let us pray, and when I did that, it, the the only thing I remember out of that whole prayer was when I started praying, I was going at it, they all went <laughs> like that i, did, I didn 't know any better, I was just a young 16-year-old kid, just like, man, I'm passionate. Just get up there and pray. And then one time in Bible college, my first semester, I was on the worship team, my first time to play drums in chapel, and everybody was late. And, and this third-year student asked me if I would pray. Well, I prayed hellfire and brimstone on all those who were late. I was like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray you convict them right now. They, they need to be, be- <laughs> probably not Probably not the best prayer, you know, just... I haven't even met these guys yet. Like what? I'm just praying, praying conviction on them for being late. Well, uh, what I'm hoping to do through the series really is to just kind of maybe debunk some myths about prayer and and really just help help us pray because there's more than one way to pray, right? There's different kinds of prayer. Every prayer request and 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 request that there is, we need to we need to be praying those. So I want to just kind of. Kind of give you some different models and different prayers. Next week we'll talk about the prayer of Jabez, but today we're talking about uh, the prayer of Moses. And and honestly, um, I think this is going to give us some fresh air in our in our walk with the Lord. I think it's going to encourage us. But but we're going to go to the deep end of the pool today. And I almost talked myself out of this. I almost didn't I didn't want to share it because it's on the deep end of the pool. And and we go to the Old Testament and we're studying some. Things that maybe you've never read or you've never studied. And so I'm going to just try to boil it down as, as easy as I can. But I, I thought it might be a little too much. So if, if, if you're willing, we're going to do this together, okay? All right, so I'm going to teach you and I'm going to uh, walk through this with you, okay? So we're talking about this prayer of Moses. It really comes from the tabernacle of Moses, and, and uh, if you know anything about Moses, he's, he's this guy, he's a Hebrew that God has called to raise up the other Hebrews and to leave Egypt. Moses uh, was born as a Hebrew, but raised in the Egyptian household. And, and he comes back, God sends him back to deliver the children of Israel to the promised land. The promised land was the land that Abraham had. And then this, they'd been there for hundreds of years, and now... God is going to lead them back through Moses to the promised land. Well, in, it should have only taken about two weeks at the most to make this, this journey. There's four million Hebrews, and, and it should have only taken them 11 to 14 days, but they, they ended up wandering the desert for 40 years because of disobedience, because of complaining, because of um, uh, just running from God. And that should be a lesson for us, by the way. <laughs> If you want to spend the next 40 years wandering the desert, just disobey, just run, just complain, just gripe, just ignore God's commands, right? But he's calling us, he's saying, no, no, come come back, just come back, just stay in the plan, just just work it out, right? So in those days, in in the Old Testament, the the Hebrew Scriptures, in those days, um, God lived in temples or in buildings made by man. But today, he lives inside of man. Are you with me? In those days he lived in buildings made by man but today he lives inside of man. He lives in us. He he dwells inside of us. And and so that means that this building is not the sanctuary. You're the sanctuary and and God lives inside of you. So in those days he wrote his law on the tablets of people uh, on the tablets of stone and he lived in buildings, but today he writes his law on our hearts and he lives inside of us. Are you following me? So eventually King Solomon built a temple for God to dwell in. But until that time they had what we call portable church and and they needed a portable church because God moved around. They had to have something they could take up, uh, uh, set up and take down every single week. Because God was he lived in a cloud by day and a fire by night. And if the cloud moved during the day, guess what? They had to pack it up and move with him. And if it stopped, they stopped and they set up. And and so over and over for 40 years, they lived in this the, the, God lived in a portable church. So the cloud by day, the fire by night, whenever God moved, they had to move. They had to pack it up. Can I just do a timeout and say, you're in a portable church today? Did you know that? You look around. Look at this. This is portable church. And I want to just take a moment to shout out to some of my favorite people in the world who get here every Sunday morning at 630 in the morning. They get here. They unload that big red trailer out there. Every Sunday, they unload that. They set all of this up. Many of them stay until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they make sure it gets all back on the trailer and packed up and ready to go back into the storage. Let me just shout out, let's just love on our setup team today. We love you guys. Yeah. If you serve on that team, I want you to know I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I mean that. We couldn't do what what we do without you. And, And so... Portable church. So the, temp, the temple was the permanent building. The permanent building for, for God was, was called the temple. The, the temporary or the portable one was called a tabernacle. If you've ever heard that, uh, it, that just means portable church. It was a portable uh, structure for them to use. So what we're going to do is study this prayer of Moses. Study the tabernacle. And I, w- I want you to lean in. So Exodus chapter 25 says it this way. It says, Have the people of Israel... Build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. And, and, and just know that God wanted to live among them then, and now he lives inside of us. Remember that he lives inside of us. And you must build the tabernacle, this portable church, and all of its furnishings exactly according to the pattern that he's going to show, show them. And I just want to say that, that this is a pattern for, for them thousands of years ago, but it's a pattern for your prayer life today. It's a pattern you can use when you pray. But, but more than that, God, God wants you to build a prayer life with him using this pattern. It's not the only way to pray. It's, I, don't, it's not, I can't say it's the best way to pray. It's a way to pray. And I'm going to show you this prayer in just a second. So let's show them a picture of the tabernacle. This is what it would have looked like. Very similar. And I want you all to look at all this pipe and drape they've got right here. Look at, I mean, we got all this pipe and drape through here. Man, I think, we could, I think we could do that. Let, that's just a lot, a lot of pipe and drape. It's an open top. There's no top to this tent. And, and so it's just staked out, and they, they had to take this up and, all the time, set it up and take it down all the time. And there were inside of this area, this is the courtyard, and then there's a couple pieces of furniture here, and then this is another tent. Okay? This is it had four pieces of furniture that we're going to get to in a second. What I'm going to do is walk you through those pieces of furniture and how they apply in our lives today, all right? So this is what the what the tabernacle very well could have looked like. So inside of the rectangular tent, the smaller one with the with the covering, that's where the ark of the covenant was was kept. And if you if you've seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Not exactly like that. Uh, very, the ark looks similar to that, though. But in order to get to the Ark of the Covenant, they had, to, they had to do this pattern. They had to go buy these certain pieces of furniture. Each was a station, so to speak. And when, and when Moses, or when the priest would follow this pattern, when Moses came before the Lord, it says in Exodus, when Moses... And followed the pattern, he got to the Lord and, and, and God would speak to him face to face as a friend speaks to somebody else. As one speaks to a friend. And and this is my prayer. I want you to see those yellow words right there. Stare at them. Get them in your soul. Because that's what God wants for you. He wants to know you. He wants you in a place where where you go, I I can hear his voice and he can hear my voice. And we're in relationship and we're in this together. And 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 I have a I have a I'm meeting with God on a regular basis, and prayer is enjoyable. Come on, somebody, because sometimes prayer is not fun. Sometimes it's just it's just not enjoyable, and you might feel like you're in a rut right now, like you're stuck. And we want to help you get out of that. All right, so and and, and maybe maybe you're, you're skeptical today. Maybe you're saying, "Hey, uh, Ben, that's the Old Testament, man. That's that's back in the day." That's not for us. That's not for us. That was for Moses. God doesn't really do that anymore. But Jesus said that I didn't come to abolish the law. I actually came to fulfill it. I didn't come to do away with the law and the prophets. I I came to fulfill them. I came to to bring meaning to all of that. So what I believe is you can take everything from the Old Testament, all of the laws, and, and you can find meaning and fulfillment in the New Testament. And we're going to see that today as we walk through the tabernacle and we we study this prayer of of Moses that I'm calling it. All right, so if you lean in with me, I'm going to just try to make something that's difficult a little bit easier. All right, I like to say it this way. We're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. How about that? Everybody likes cookies, and I'm going to make it where everybody can reach the cookies, all right? We, we all like them, and we're going to be able to reach them today. So that's, that's my plan. That's what I'm trying to do. So when the priest would come into the, the tabernacle, they had to pass through these gates, and they called this area the outer courts. And the outer courts is where we give God thanks. So the first thing we do in prayer, the first thing we ought to do is just give thanks to God. We, just, we, we don't go into our to-do list. We don't go into what I need from you. We don't go into, Lord, I need you to, to make all of these things work out in my life. We go into giving him thanks. And so before you give God your list, you just thank him for what he's done. You praise him for what he's done. And praise is one of the, it's one of the healthiest emotions that you can have. Thankfulness. Thanksgiving is one of the healthiest emotions. Praise is gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. Okay? Praise is gratitude, and gratitude helps you see that you have enough. Praise turns what you have into enough. So, so instead of saying, like, I, I need this, God, and can you do this for me, you come into prayer saying, Lord, if, if you, like, I have some things that I need. There's some things in my life that I I would love for you to do, but God, if you never do anything else for me in this life, I'm still going to praise you. If, you've, if you never do anything else for me, you've healed me, you've set me free. If you never do anything else, you saved my soul. If you never give me a, a, a better job, or I never get a, a nicer car, or I never make more money, or I, I, I don't make any more birdies on the golf course, if you never did anything else for me in this life, You've saved me. You've already done enough, God, and I'm not going to treat you like some sort of cosmic Santa Claus and ask you for more when I haven't thanked you for what you've already done in my life. I'm going to start with praise. I'm going to start with thanksgiving, right? In fact, Psalm 104 says, I'm going to enter his gates. I will enter the gates with thanksgiving in my heart, enter his courts with praise. I will say, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. Man, I'm just gonna enter in with thanksgiving, with a grateful heart. I'm just gonna be joyful and thank him so we don't begin with, gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, Dads who have daughters, y'all know how that works. She doesn't come in, she doesn't come in like, Dad, gimme. She comes in like, Dad, I love you. You're so awesome, right? All right, so that's the way we come to the Lord. We come to Papa, our God, our Father. We just say, hey, "God, I love you. You're so good. You're such a good Father. I'm so thankful." That's, that's how we approach Him with praise. And you're going to see it tomorrow morning at 21 days of prayer, how we start every week, every morning with praise. Every morning we just we're we're, we're praising God first. All right. So once you've once you now you're in the tabernacle. And we've given God thanks. You're in your prayer time. You've given him thanks for what what he's done. Now you're going to come to this next piece of furniture, which it's the brazen altar. And this piece of furniture, this altar has dead animals all over it. It's a sacrificial altar. It's where animal sacrifices were taking place. And maybe you're like, dude, what was with the animal sacrifice? That's how sins were forgiven. Um, Something had to die in order for there to be forgiveness, I'll say it a different way. Blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of their sins. So, so there was this sacrificial altar. You had to walk past a pile of animals and bones and, and blood and flesh and all of that. You had to walk past that. You had to go there first before you could get to God. So what is, what is the meaning of that? Where do we find that in the New Testament? We find it in the cross of Jesus Christ. When, when, when you come into your prayer time, when you come into your time with the Lord, you just focus on the, on, the, on the cross. You focus on what he did for us. He was the sacrificial lamb slain before the foundations of the earth, the Bible says. Without his shed blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Do you remember that? So this, this is, this is the, the representation. It's the focus on the cross. And the only reason that I can stand before God is because Of the cross of Jesus Christ. The only reason I can have relationship, the only reason I can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence is because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us. And in in this attitude of prayer, when you come in this attitude of prayer and you're thanking God, you just begin to remember the cross, and you remember how he took your sins from you, and you remember who you were before you met God, and you remember how he rescued you and how he stooped down so low and his love reached down to us, and he rescued us through the cross, and you remember that you're only able to do what you do because of the cross of Jesus, and you remember what Romans says that while you were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time while we while we were still sinners while we were utterly helpless he came and he died for us so you're focusing on the cross thank you jesus for the cross thank you for forgiveness thank you for setting me free and you remember isaiah 53 it says that he was wounded he was pierced for our transgressions now jesus went through what we call the four wounds of the cross the four wounds of the cross I'm going to try my best to just give it to you quickly. But, but the first wound, remember, he was pierced in his hands and his feet. He had a spear in his side. He, he was whipped and beaten, and he had a crown of thorns, right? Those were four, the four wounds of the cross. So Isaiah predicted it hundreds of years before. He said, Jesus will be, he was pierced for our transgressions. Well, how do, transgressions represent what you do. It's your sins. Transgressions is what you did in your past. Well, how do you do things? With your hands and your feet. He was pierced in his hands and feet for your transgressions, for my transgressions. And then it says he was crushed for our iniquities. Well, an iniquity is different than a transgression. Transgression is what you did and iniquity is who you are. It's your identity. It's it's what you believed about yourself and it's what other people said about you. And it's, it's just who you are. It's more of your identification. And the Bible says he was crushed. He took the spear in his heart. His heart was crushed because of your iniquities, because of my iniquities. And then it says the punishment that brought us peace. Where's the battle for peace in your life? It's right here. So, so the Bible says that he was crowned with a crown of thorns for for our peace. The punishment that brought us peace was that, that crown of thorns. And then by his wounds we are healed. The stripes that he took upon his back. So when we come to the cross, and I, I'm just trying listen, just, just make it simple. Just make it simple. You, you, don't, you don't have to make this difficult. Just thank him for the cross. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Or I love this song. I love this one. Um, uh, Let's see, how does it go? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Oh, man, that's it. He he was pierced for us. So we remember the cross. We remember the cross. And then the next piece of furniture that we would come to, we've we've been to two pieces. Um, Actually, we've just been to the one. And then the next one is what we call the laver. And and this is made of bronze mirrors, and it's full of water. Check this out. It's just a a bronze, just a big bronze bowl made of bronze mirrors and, and a pool of water in it. And so, why the mirrors? Why the water? Well, the, the priests, or Moses, they would come to this, and, and they would look at themselves. And they would wash their bodies. And they would get clean before they entered the presence of the Lord. So, what does this represent? Well, this is where we offer every part of our life to God. This is the time in your prayer. You've thanked Him. You've repented. You've, you've thought about the cross. You, you've... You focused on the cross, and now this is where you offer every part of your life to God. And I just, it, it might be strange for some of you, if you're new to the church world, or maybe you've, you've really not dove into a prayer life. I just start from the top and work my way down. And I'll, I'll say, Lord, I just, I just give you my mind today, Lord. There's still some things in my mind that aren't like you and there's some thoughts that I've had that aren't like you. And, and God, I'm just giving you my mind today. And I choose today. I'm going to think on things that are pure and lovely and excellent and noble and praiseworthy. I'm just giving you my mind today, Lord. No no junk, no garbage in. Because I don't want garbage to come out. Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you my mind today. And I'm just surrendering it to you. I'm going to put a, a guard over my mind. And I'm asking you to keep me in perfect peace as I keep my mind on you today. And then I move down to my eyes. And I say, Lord, I thank you for my eyes. I thank you that I have them. Just begin to praise God for your eyes. But Lord, I know what Job said. He said, don't look lustfully at a maiden. Come on. Whoop. Don't look. Don't look. No seconds. No second seconds. You get to Bounce the eyes. Bounce the eyes. <laughs> bounce the eyes. Got to bounce them. You Got to bounce. Look away right? And I'm just, I'm committing to you, Lord, that I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on you and not things that are impure or evil. I'm going I'm, to, let my eyes be guarded today. And, and you're just going to move on to your ears. Lord, I want to hear your voice today. I don't want to hear the voice of the enemy. I want to hear that still, small voice of you talking to me. And I want to walk in confidence knowing that you're, you're speaking and I'm listening, God. I want to tune out the enemy and I want to tune you in. Come on, somebody. And then you work your way down to the, to the little red devil behind the pearly white gates. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Some of us, we have the gift of gab. It's a spiritual gift of, of gabbing, right? We just, we just got that gab gift. Uh, there's no such thing, by the way. But um, just if there was. But, but listen, the, here's what the enemy does. A lot of times he'll take what you're good at and he'll try to pervert it. So that, that, that gift of you know, just being able to talk with people turns into a gift of gossip, right? And, and so I just say, Lord, take my mouth today. Lord, I give you my words. I give you my mouth. And I'm asking you today, Lord, help me to build others up. I don't want to tear them down. Lord, I want to lift them up. Help me to just speak life into people around me today. Lord, I, I'm just choosing to let my words be few. Let them be true, let them be noble, and let them be life-giving. I want to speak life in the people around me. And I just give him my body, give him my hands and my feet. Lord, I'm gonna, I want to use my hands and my feet to serve other people today. I don't want to look out for my own interest. I want to look out for the interest of other people around me today. So we just offer our bodies. We offer our bodies. So, so where's that in the Scripture. I don't know, Ben. I don't that sounds kind of crazy. You know, in your prayer time, you just offer where is it? Romans 12, 1. It says Paul's talking here, I urge you. Now he's urging us. I'm begging you. I'm urging you in view of God's mercy. And just if you think about what he's done for you, then offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. There it is. To just offer your bodies. And when you do that, it's worship. Do you, you see that? When you do it, it's your spiritual act of worship when you offer him your body. So God, listen to me, God doesn't want dead animals anymore. He wants you. He wants you, and you can offer your body to him. Are you, are you getting anything out of it? Okay. All right. So now we're going to move to that small tent that we were talking about, the one inside of the, the larger area. And it has four pieces of furniture in it. So, so we've given God thanks in our prayer time. We've focused on the cross. We have offered our bodies, our, our lives to God. We've given him our life. Everything about us, we just surrendered it. And now we're gonna, we're gonna come to the candlestick. This is the first piece of furniture that you'd come to in the in the, the inner courts there, this little tent. And, and this, you may have seen something like this before. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it represents fire. Fire. And so it's God's power. It's God's anointing. It's his ability. It's it's his gifts that he wants to give you. In other words, this represents the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so when we come to the candlestick in this place of prayer, we just want to invite the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to stop just for a second and say, if you're out there, you're going, man, I can't remember all these altars and sticks. Listen to me. Don't even worry about that part. Just remember the phrases I'm giving you. Remember to give thanks. You can get all that later, but you're building a prayer life. You're just trying to build something between you and the Lord. So when you pray, you ask the Holy Spirit to stir up gifts inside of you. And, and, And listen, you already have gifts. You're asking him to stir those up. So when I pray, I say, Holy Spirit, you've given me gifts. You've given me the, the gift of teaching and the gift of preaching, the gift of worship leading. You've given me a gift of leadership. And God, I'm, I'm down here leading a church. I've, I've never led something like this before. I've never been the senior pastor before. I've been to some conferences and I've been taught some things. But Holy Spirit, I need more than what I've been taught. I need an outpouring of your spirit inside of me because I can't do this without you. I'm lost without you. I need the Holy Spirit's power, and I just invite him to work in my life. I invite him to, to speak through me. And so you business leaders, you can ask the Holy Spirit to, to lead you and to guide you. That's what he comes to do. The Holy, the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap, but his chief, his chief responsibilities are for him to come alongside of you and to help you and to teach you and to empower you and to give you gifts. That's why He comes. And, and so you, you business leaders, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. I need, I need your strength here. Give me wisdom in this decision. Help me to know what, how to lead my employees better. Some of you students out there, you're praying, Holy Spirit, I need the answers for this test today. You know what I mean? You, you're just asking the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you're believing, you're praying, and we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Second Timothy says it this way. Paul is talking here, and he says, this is why. I I remind you to fan into flames the the spiritual gift God gave you. I'm going to pause right here and just tell you that God has given you a spiritual gift. He's given every single one of you a spiritual gift. Whether you believe it or not... He's given it to you. Whether you're a Christian or not, you have spiritual gifts. He put them inside of you. And I, I, I was, I was kind of thinking it's like the Oprah show where she just says, you get a gift and you get a gift and you have a calling and you have a... Everybody, everybody gets in on that. He, it's inside of you. He's already put it inside of you. It's already there. And that's why, it's why we do Growth Track. If, if I can just tell you, it's why we, we do the growth track, four steps. You give, give yourself, give us four Sundays to help you discover those spiritual gifts and those callings that God has put in your life. That we don't do growth track for us, we do it for you because we know that you will never be more empowered, more fulfilled, more, more ready, more, um, more, I guess fulfilled's the best word, just more fulfilled in this life than when you're serving somebody else with your gifts and with your passions. I just believe it. You you can, four Sundays, you can start step one today and make that happen. So you invite the work of the Spirit in your life. And then the next piece of furniture you come to, man, it starts smelling so good. Mmm, starts smelling so good because right across the room is this table of showbread. It's not my bread, it's showbread. It's showbread. The, the table of showbread, it had 12 loaves of bread on it. And if you just think about your favorite bakery, and you walk in there and they're baking fresh baked bread, and you you, you just smell it. It's, it's like the smell of heaven. And you just want to cancel the rest of your day. Call into work and grab a slab of butter and just sit there and eat bread all day long. <laughs> this is kind of... Not, not really like that, but it smelled good. They were baking this bread. Now, now the, the bread represents the word of God. In, in your time, when you come to the table of showbread, you just begin to claim God's promises. You begin to claim the promises in his word. So you're, you're in your prayer time. God's already spoken to you, church. It's right here. He's already given you a word. He's already spoken to you. So so just begin to claim those promises because he is the bread of life. This is the bread of life right here and we find promises in his word. Now one of my habits every single day, I should say it this way, most days of my life, uh, I, I, I have a habit. In fact, I've missed 27 days this year since January 1st for one reason or another, but every day I open up my Bible app and I read the one-year Bible. Well, obviously not every day because I miss 27, but you get the picture. Nearly every day of my life. And why do I do that? Why? Because this is the bread of life. This is food for my soul, y'all. I, there is nowhere else for me to get fed right here this contains the words of what life it's the words of life and i'm not saying that to brag i'm actually saying it just to to let you know about the one year bible that you can go buy one you can download the app you can read it and, and maybe you don't have time for five or seven chapters a day but you you can read one verse a day you, you can open up the app and go to the proverb of the day and you, you, can, you can it tastes like a marshmallow but it has nutrients. You know what I'm talking about? It's good to eat but it actually is good for your soul too. The proverb of the day and just feed on the word of God. Can, can I say it? Jesus said it this way. Man shall not live on subway. We're not living on Atlanta bread, Panera bread, your mama's bread, wherever. We're living on Every word that comes out of the mouth of God, the word of God, we're living on that. So listen to me. You eat every day, so why don't you you eat every day? You, You eat naturally. Why don't we eat spiritually every single day? Even if it's just one verse, listen to me. The fact that you're reading your Bible is just as important as what you read in it. Because it's building discipline. You're falling in love with his word. And it's speaking to you every single day of your life. Alright, so the next piece of furniture that you come to is... Uh, you're almost to God by this point also, by the way. But it's this golden altar of incense. And it's, it's just this little bitty altar. And they would take coals from the brazen altar. Remember the one with the sacrifices. They would take coals from there and bring it to this altar... And they would burn incense on it. They would burn incense. Now, I, I don't know what it smelled like. Maybe it smelled like Bath and Body Works. I don't know. But it was, it was a good smell. But can I tell you what was even better to God than that smell? The scripture says that there's one thing that he, he loves the smell of more than anything else. Does anybody know? Worship. That's it. Well, how does he smell our worship? I don't know. But he does, because the Bible says it's like a sweet fragrance to him. So when we come to this place in our prayer time, we just worship his name. That's what we do. We worship his name. The, golden, the altar of incense is to help us worship his name. And, and remember, praise is this. We praise God for what he's done, but worship, we worship him for who he is. I'm gonna say that again. We praise God for what he's done, but we worship him for who he is. So, worship is not, thank you for this day and thank you for the month of May. Thank you for my life and my very, very hot wife. <laughs> it's not that. That's not worship. That's thanking him for what he's done. Worship is, however, if you didn't do anything in my life, you're still worthy. If you, if you had done nothing that, that you have done, you're still worthy. You're still worth my attention. You're still worth the sacrifice of your son Jesus. You're still worthy. That's what worship is. It's worth. It's ascribing worth to something. You're still worthy. If you've never done anything else, God, you're worthy of our praise. And Psalm 95 says it this way, that we ought to bow down and worship to submit, to surrender. Just bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. So in your prayer time, just bow down. Just find that place of surrender. Find that place of submission and bow and worship in your prayer time because a person on their face can never fall from that position. That was better than y'all acted like it was. Listen, a person on their face, you can't fall. How, 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 how can I be drug out into all kinds of sin and immorality when I'm on my face before God? How can I make terrible decisions in my life when I'm on my, I'm on my face before God? How, how, can I, how can I run the other way from what God's calling me to do when I'm just on my face? We can't fall from that position. So Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now, for for years, all the way back to the Bible, a person's worth or their value could be found in their name, right? It's because it's who they were. It's who they are. That's how we identify you, is by your name. We, we identify all your problems by your name. By all the things that you got, good or bad, in your name, it's, a, it's, it's all in your name. Oh, he's the guy who, or he's the one who, It's in your name. So check this out. The name of the Lord is a what? Strong tower. And the righteous run to it and they're safe. So in my worship time, what I'll begin to do sometimes is I'll just begin to worship the names of God. I'll begin to place worth on the names of God. And I just begin to say, God, you are worthy. God, you are pure. God, you are holy. God, you are righteous. God, you're my strong tower. God, you're, you're my healer. God, you're the one who is able to heal my disease. You're the, you're the one who's able to make my crooked path straight. Lord, you're, you're the one who, you, you take care of me. And I just begin to worship his names. I begin to worship his names. And I say you're, you're, you're my counselor and you're the prince of peace and you're my shepherd. You're my pastor. Lord, you're, you're my defender. You fight my battles for me. You guide me. You lead me in every step, God. And I just worship his name. I thank him. I worship him. I place value on those things because that's who he is to me. And then one last part of the, the tabernacle we're gonna look at. So... We've, we've started from the beginning. We've praised God in our prayer time. We've focused on the cross. We offered our bodies. Then we invited the Holy Spirit into our lives, and we've, we've claimed God's promises for us. We just, we just prayed his promises. And, and then here we've worshiped his name, and then one more place, it's the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant is in, it's in the most holy place. It's right there in the most holy place. And if you were going to the, if you were gonna get to this, you had to go through all those other stations. You had to follow the pattern, right? And if you've seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it looks very similar to this. It's close, but your face will not melt off if you look at it, all right? Just, just letting you know. That's, that's what happened in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That will not happen here. These angels on the top, they're called cherubim. And notice how their wings, their their heads are bowed, their wings are touching each other. And right between those angels, right in the middle, is called the mercy seat of God. And that is where God lived. (laughs) And in your prayer time, if you were going to stand before God face to face, you've already asked for yourself. You've already repented. You've already praised Him. You've already worshipped Him. What do you do when you get face-to-face with God? What do you do when you come to the Holy of Holies and you're standing at the Ark of God? It's not about about us anymore. It's actually time to intercede for others. It's time to intercede for others. This is where you you just make your case to God on behalf of somebody else. This is where, and listen to me, I do this for you often. I stand in the gap for you and I I approach, I boldly approach God's throne for you. And I pray for your marriages and I pray for your emotions and I pray for your finances and I pray for your kids and I pray I'm crying out to God on behalf of your health and for everything that's in your life, for your jobs and for your emotions and every part of you, I'm crying out to God for you. this every day, this week for 21 days we'll use this pattern sometimes, sometimes we'll use different patterns different examples of prayer but I I just want I want you to try it if you don't have a prayer life don't be condemned, this message isn't about condemnation, it's not about guilt it's about, all right, I'm going to give it a shot I'm going to try this And you don't have to understand the tabernacle. You don't have to understand Moses to be able to pray. Just take those seven phrases. Just take those seven phrases and apply them in your life. Apply them in your life. Praise God. Focus on the cross. Apply them in your life. Do those seven things. Right? Do those seven things. Offer your life to God. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Just over and over in your prayer time. Make it a habit scripture says in first timothy it says first of all when you pray first of all pray for kings and all of those who are in authority we'll do that tomorrow we're going to pray that tomorrow at 21 days of prayer we're going to lift up president trump and vice president pence and governor abbott and all the mayors in our community and there'll be all kinds of resources there we'll have books like this for you who show up. That's You can't buy this book. It's free because you already paid for it when you give in the offering. It's, it'll be there tomorrow. You, you take it home. You begin to study God's word and learn different prayers. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you that, that when we lean in, when we press in, God will do something. He'll show up. And I want this for you. I want you to grow in your prayer life. And if you'll let me, over the next few weeks, I just want to lead you. I want to show you. I want to teach you. Amen? Amen. Hey, would you bow your heads with me today? For those of you who need that last blank, you're waiting for that last blank, I'll give it to you. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. That's what I want for you. Let it be your first response, not the last thing you do. Come on, this is the first thing. This is where it begins. Let it be where you go first. So, Father, right now I pray for this awesome, this amazing group of people here today, man. My- my brothers and my sisters lord i lift up this church to you and i'm asking you lord i'm making a case for my people today for my church today and i'm asking you to move in their lives today lord i'm asking you to stir up inside of them gifts and passions and calling and destiny god i'm asking that you that you would take them to a new level in their prayer life wherever they are now god there's another step in front of them they can grow they can mature they can get better they can they can continue to draw closer to you, so I'm asking you, Lord, that you would let the month of August be a month of revival for us at City Hope Church. They've been focused on serving other people. They've been doing serve days. They've been been reaching out. They have been in small groups. Life has been about everybody else for the last several weeks. And Lord, we're just asking you to, we're just coming to recenter ourselves now and to say, Lord, we can't do it without you. We need you. We need your power. We need your grace. We need your truth. And we need you in a greater way in our lives. So God, help us in our prayer lives. And I'm speaking fresh life to that, fresh breath into our lives, into our prayers in Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, let me just ask you, if you're here today and you say, Ben, I don't know God. How can I have a prayer life with God if I don't know God? I'm far from him. I've been running the other way. Maybe you've been doing that on purpose. Maybe you've, maybe you've just drifted. But if you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm ready to come back home. I'm telling you, if heaven's got a porch, Jesus is on the front porch. And his arms are open wide and he's ready to welcome you back home. He's not mad. He's not upset. He's not, he's not hurt. No, he's, he's welcoming you. He's ready for you. So if you're ready to come back, you're ready to, to, to offer your life to God. Wholeheartedly, you're ready to surrender. You're ready for life change. If that's you, just slip up your hand where I can see it. Slip it up where I can see it, and then just put it right back down. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Anybody today? God bless you. God bless you. Come on, just be bold. Be courageous. Hey, you, you're you're not in this alone. This church is. We're we're in it with you. We love you. Raising your hand doesn't join. The church. You're not joining our church by raising your hand. Would you simply saying, I need to come back to God. Anybody else? Amen. Come on, say this prayer with me today. Say, Jesus, I surrender. No more running. I give my life to you. I am yours. You're my father. You're my king. You're my savior. I believe in you. And I give you my life. From this day forward, I'm yours, and you are mine, and I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.